So welcome to Testimonies of Truth. Today we are joined with Gosha from the Christian radio station 96.3 FM in Geelong, where Gosha co-hosts the Gosha and DJ for Breakfast Show. So Gosha, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. This is um, weird to be on the other side of the desk, you know (laughs) what I mean? A little bit of a surreal experience for you. Well, I'm normally the one asking the questions, interviewing someone else. I don't think I can remember a time when I've actually been interviewed. So Uh something different. It's good. It'll be a whole new experience for you. Yeah, hopefully. A good one. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it will be. Um, cool. So, Gosha, I know that um, we're here today to talk about your journey, I guess, and how you became involved in Christian radio. But before we get to that, I know that you've been involved in a number of different jobs, um, such as uh, working as a special needs teacher. Um, can you tell us about some of the other jobs that you've had and what, I guess, your life looked like before entering the radio scene? Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, Let me take you back to a time when I was uh, a wee girl of 18, uh, no, 19, I got my first job. I was in Lawn on the Great Ocean Road scooping ice creams over the summertime. It was awesome because you'd walk down to the beach, you'd scoop ice creams, you'd hang out with the backpackers who were travelling from all over the world and um, just have a really good time. And then um, as I started my uni life, I worked a bit in hospitality, did a bit of, you know, a couple of places like La Paqueta, um, worked at a 24-hour food joint here in Geelong called Kidinia Cafe, and I'd start at 11 at night, and I'd drive home at 6am, and I'd serve all... Tough hours. Yeah, and I'd serve every, you know, drunk person coming home to get a kebab on the way home, so that was not glamorous. I lasted there only a short, short time, and as soon as I had another opportunity, I jumped at the chance and worked a bit in retail, um, worked in London for a bit at um, the body shop, got into aid work at a school, did some aid work um, supporting a boy with um, who was in the foster care system and had some gaps in his schooling, and when I came home... To Australia, I got into working in disability. Then I went on to finish my um, qualifications at uni and I became a teacher. And then I taught in the UK for a couple of years, did some um, regular primary school teaching, did some, uh, I guess, drama coaching, would direct school shows, did some reading recovery, came back to Australia, worked in disability, um, as in worked teaching at schools with kids who have special needs and then I made the miraculous and amazing transition to radio so I guess that's 
the nutshell of like all the different things I've done. I did kids parties at one point, would dress up as a fairy, do face painting, make balloon animals. Cool. So it's been a variety of different things that I've done, but it's okay. yeah, it's all been part of the journey, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And I've heard you've also had some um, experience playing the ukulele in Yeah, Sydney. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that on the side. I, you know, still now um, I host a monthly uh, ukulele jam session. Cool. I perform with um, a, a variety of different musos, do a few jazz gigs. Um, just do some covers with another guy, have another girl I'm working with who plays piano amazingly. So I host trivia. Um, awesome. I forgot cool. to mention that. Yeah, I used to be a trivia host and I'm just about to come back to that. So hmm. maybe doing a re- regular spot of that. So, it's, yeah, lots and lots of different, yeah, things in the pipeline. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you get, I guess, more... Um more of a sphere of influence, like if you do something like trivia and you put your name out and say, you know, gosh, you're from 96.3 or are you not allowed to do that? Oh, no, get- I can, I mean, I can link it to, I mean, I'm I'm just me. Hmm. So I can, you know, put my name to whatever, you know, as long as it lines up with my uh, beliefs and morally you know, mm. um, so, but um, I mean, generally when I'm in a pub hosting trivia, not many people who go to the trivia would necessarily listen to the Christian station that I work mm. on Monday yeah. to Friday, but it's always fun to let people know that that is what I do, my Monday to Friday job. Yeah. And it's interesting when they go, oh, I, I tuned in and I listened to you. Oh yeah, the, the music you play on the show is not that bad. I kind of didn't know what to expect on a Christian, you know. Okay. And so again, it's cool. a good conversation starter. It's yeah. a great way to sort of link in with mm. different people from different walks of life. So I enjoy that. Nice. Awesome. Um, so can you walk us through, I guess, uh, the journey that you went on to initially enter the radio industry yeah. and also what, what God was doing in your life at that time? Oh, this is like the biggest question you could ask me. So how long have you got? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm free today. Okay. So, for it. <laughs> so I guess, you know, when you're created, God already knows exactly what he's created you for. Mm. You might not know, but God has a plan, like from the beginning, right? Yeah. And from the beginning, he knew that I was made to entertain. He placed that desire. Oh, man, I'm getting emotional already, and I'm not, not, not even up to the good bit. It's okay. You can get emotional. <laughs> I give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I give myself permission too. Um, but I, I remember being five years old, and I would sit in the kitchen at my mum's house in Poland at the time, and I would make my own radio show. I was five years old, cassette deck. Really? Yeah, and that was my, that was my. you know, other kids were playing house, other wow. kids were, I don't know, playing with Lego, and I'd make my own radio show. Isn't I'd be that sitting interesting? Five years old, recording on a cassette mm. tape. I've got cassettes in my collection somewhere, you know, of me in grade two, grade three, bringing my school readers home, and I would record myself reading my readers, and I would imagine that I was a presenter. Cool. So it was always... Always and always in me, but mm. the enemy obviously knows also what God wants you to do, and mm. will do whatever he can to stop you. Mm. And so I was bound up by fear and anxiety for a really long time, and this fear of not being good enough, and this fear of uh, failure. And um, I mean, I was really creative all through school. Did all the school productions, did all the drama performances, any opportunity to be on stage, any opportunity to. I went to a Catholic um, high school, so I was a prayer leader. I was a class mm. captain. I was in the debating team, in the public speaking team. You know everything. But then when it came to finishing high school, I almost never auditioned for uni. I went to do. I went on to do 
um, a Bachelor of Arts in Theatre, but I almost never showed up to my audition and I was too scared to actually audition for any of the big schools. I just auditioned for the one in Ballarat down the road because it was safe and Mm. I was too scared to do anything more and I nearly didn't show up and I wasn't really prepared and then I still got in and I went on and finished, you know, my three years of my Bachelor of Arts in Theatre and then I was too scared to audition for anything, so I didn't. So I was 21 with this desire to be on stage, with this desire to perform, with this desire to present and completely and utterly rendered useless because of fear of failure. So I never, ever, ever went to a single audition for anything, Mm. ever. For 10 years I went on and went and lived in the UK and, as I mentioned, you know, got into teaching and travelled and backpacked around Europe and always had this desire to perform but never did anything with it because I was just utterly afraid of failure, of the rejection. Mm. And um, I remember going through prayer ministry when I was about uh, 2014. I was teaching at the time and I went through some prayer ministry and the ladies identified that I had like this fear. And I was singing and performing, but even that would cause me a lot of anxiety and I'd I'd always be, be so worried about what people thought and was I actually good enough and all these doubts that would really actually impact my ability to perform. And the ladies in the prayer ministry identified that I was dealing with some performance anxiety and things like that and it was like... I thought, oh, you're crazy. I don't, I I mean, I get up all the time. I do things all the time. Like I I don't have anxiety. I don't have, I'm not afraid. Mm. And they, and they read back or re-quoted some of the words I'd used to describe how I was feeling in certain scenarios. And it was like for the first time I realized, oh my gosh, Mm. I've been afraid this whole time. And so I received some, you know, prayer and counseling and, you know, it was a ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I believe it was in that moment that I was set free of that fear and that anxiety. What, what was it like for your guests uh, in that moment where, um, you know, God broke that fear off your life? Um, can you talk about what, what, what you went through, what you felt? What was that like? It's sort of hard to describe because it wasn't, it wasn't like in that moment I suddenly felt like, oh, I'm free, mm. you know. Yeah. It was just a, a trust that God has done a work, but I didn't really know what that looked like until I was in a scenario where I could test it out, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. And that sort of scenario didn't present itself for, well, actually pretty quickly. It was like a month or two later that I had my big opportunity to do something quite dramatic in my life and um, which led to me being here today. So it was pretty amazing. Um, So I guess in that moment it didn't really feel like anything, but it was just the knowledge that I've surrendered that to God and that I've accepted the work that he's done Mm. in me. But it didn't feel any different in that moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was more just like a a, a firm knowing that God had, you know, shifted something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you know, Mm. I I believe that prayer ministry really works and I'd had evidence of that in my life in other areas, so why would that be any different, Mm. you know? So it was a faith moment. Yeah. So at the same time, um, I was flat sharing in Elwood with a, with one of my best friends, Soph, and we had another girlfriend, Kate, who lived a couple of streets away. Kate's a singer songwriter. Um, she's released her own music. She's been played on you know Australian radio, and she's actually doing really well in her career. And she would come over. We all met at church, and um, and Kate and I were really delving into this idea of 
how the secular music industry or how Satan uses the secular music industry to convey messages that aren't necessarily God-based messages. Mm. And so we were really sort of going down a path of watching all these crazy theories on YouTube and talking about, you know, subliminal messaging and music and things like that. And it was around that time that I got in my car. I was teaching in Mordialloc at the time and it was about a half-hour drive between Elwood to Mordialloc. And it was – I was having a bit of – I was having a hard time – at the school where I was teaching, I wasn't really feeling like this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I've always had a desire to be a performer, but because of the fear and the anxiety, I'd never done anything with it. I knew that I wanted more, but I didn't know how to go about doing it. And I, for, for as long as I could remember, I was a Triple J listener. I love alternative music. I've never been into pop. And so that was my station of choice. And I got in the car this one particular Monday morning and the, literally I turned on the engine, the radio came on, Triple J. It was just after some festival. They had a piece of music going. There were no lyrics. It was just guitar. And the Holy Spirit just went thump in my chest, like in that moment. And I felt this sick feeling, you know, how like like you just get this spiritual prompting, like something's not right. And mm. I actually felt sick and I was like, ugh what is that, you know? And the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me and was just like, "Um, you need to change the station. And I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Right? Because I don't necessarily listen the first time. And the Holy Spirit was like, well, you know, you're about to drive to work. You're about to spend half an hour in the car. You're about to marinate in sex, drugs, debauchery, mm. whatever, whatever. Even if oh. you're not consciously listening to it, it's feeding you on a subconscious level all mm. of these messages in this secular music. You don't mm. even know what you're listening to half the time because you're not necessarily listening, uh, you know, 100% focused. It's just in the background. Yeah, but you're yeah. marinating in that and you're about to drive for half an hour to work, you're called to be a light in your workplace. How can you be a light when you've just marinated in filth for half an hour? Mm. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> I've listened to Triple J for 10 years. What What do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? And God, through his spirit, was like, well, you need to change the station and you need to listen to something positive. Yeah. Well, you're kind of like, you know, come on, this is my station. I listen to oh, this yeah. all the time. Yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. doing? I was so defensive and <laughs> yeah. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is stupid. Like, this is me telling God. I'm like, this is stupid. What do you want me to do? Change the station? He's like, yeah, I do. I want you to listen to something positive. Mm. And I was like, nah. Nah, this isn't happening. I hate pop music. You want me to be in a good mood? You want me to make a difference in my workplace? Well, Mm. how do you think that's going to happen if I'm cheesed off because I've been listening to lolly candy pop (laughs) that I don't even like, that I'm not going to have a good time with? I don't know any of these songs and they're just going to irritate me. I'm going to be irritated and I'm going to be a yuck person. Mm. Like this is a stupid idea. And God was like, just... This is what I'm asking you to do. Change the station. And I went, literally, because, you know, I think I can lay down the law. I went, you know what? Fine. I'll change the station. I'll put it on that 
Melbourne Christian station that I didn't really know too much about. Mm. I knew Light FM existed, mm. but I didn't really know much about it. I knew there was a Christian station and it, that it had a blended format, played some Christian music and played some secular music. I was like, oh, I can turn that on. But this is for today. This is for this morning. This is for right now. And I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. And I remember saying to God and I was like, but don't get comfortable with this. I said to God, I went, don't get comfortable with this idea that I'm now going to listen to some pop station because tomorrow morning we're going to be re-examining this. This is literally, this is what I've said to God. Like, where do I get off having that kind of a conversation? But I did. And God knows me and loves me, so it's okay. <laughs> and he knows that when we're challenged, sometimes we're going to get angry about yeah. the things he asks us to do. Yeah. But he's going to ask us to do things that are good for us. And mm. so I, I remember I went, fine, I'll do it, I'll change it. So I changed the dial on my radio, changed it from Triple J to, to Light FM, and I started driving. I'm not kidding you, within... 10 minutes of that drive and I was cheesed off. I was like hating every song that came on, being really judgmental, like <laughs> hating the ads because I went from community, like, you know, ABC radio to, mm. you know, even though it's community radio, they had all these ads and things mm. and I was so annoyed. I was like, I don't understand how this is meant to be good for me, you know. No joke. Within 10 minutes of the drive, an ad came on. On Light FM. Couldn't have heard it any other way. Could not have. And it said this. It was Cal, the morning announcer. He said, hey, it's Cal from Lucy. And Cal, Lucy's on maternity leave. We're looking for the next big thing to do breakfast. Next, you know, next big sensation for the breakfast show. Mm. Is it you? We're taking auditions right now, et cetera, et cetera. I literally couldn't believe my ears. I was like, is this actually a thing? (laughs) Are they are they serious? Are they looking? Mm. Are they actually advertising for a radio announcer? And they were saying, you know, it could be you. Um, you don't have to have any experience. Don't have to ever have worked in radio. It's just for a short maternity cover. Blah blah blah. Every fiber of my being, every atom of my body went. This is for me. I needed to hear this. Mm. And if I hadn't switched over the radio that morning when the Holy Spirit prompted me, I would never ever ever have heard that ad. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, this is, I, I was meant to hear this. This is for me. Yeah. Doesn't that point to how um, important it is to pay attention to those moments in life where the Holy Spirit yeah. prompts you to do something or to yeah. pay attention to something? Because yeah. <laughs> you don't know where that's going to you know, lead. To- no, no, you've got no idea. Now, mind you, for the last 10 years while I'd been listening to Triple J, every single day I was in the car, I would imagine being a radio announcer. Every single day mm. I was in the car, I would back announce what they were back announcing. Really? I would imagine my name, like the, at the time, 2014, it was Tom and Alex for breakfast. And I would imagine my name in there as they were back announcing. I would imagine reading the stories and I would imagine getting up as early as they did and what life Mm. would look like. This was part of my everyday thought process, Mm. but I never thought that it was something that I could do. I was a teacher. I was earning a good wage. Mm. I thought if I went to do radio school, I'd have to quit what I'm doing. I'd have to start with no money. I'd have to, Mm. you know, and and what, what of it? I'm not, I'm confident, but I'm not that confident. I'm not one Mm. of those people who walks into a room and is so self-assured and wants everyone to know their name. I can Mm. be quite timid and I can be quite Mm. quiet, even though I am still a confident and still an extroverted person. Mm. I still have those, you know, doubts and insecurities and things. Yeah, sure. 
And I just was like, oh, this is a dream, but it's not a reality. So when I heard this ad come on, I was like, this is for me. This is a possibility. I don't have to go to radio school. They'll take anyone. Like, why couldn't, why, why couldn't they take me? I'm as good as anyone else, you know? Like, like they just need a person to do this. And, uh, and, I, and every part – oh, I'm getting emotional. But every part of my heart was like, I want this so much. Mm. And I went to school and it was a Monday morning and I would meet with one other Christian at my school and we would pray for our school. And I rocked up that morning and I said, Eloise, I've just heard this and blah, blah, blah. And so we prayed about what I'd heard on the radio and my desire to respond. And I was so panicked because they were playing ads of people's auditions. They were playing people telling funny jokes and doing funny voices and coming up with little skits and singing songs and, you know, doing knock-knock jokes and all the all, all of this sort of stuff. And I thought, what can I do? What can I do? Like, how? I don't know how to do a funny voice. I don't know how to tell a joke. I'm, I'm rubbish at remembering them, let alone telling them, you know. I don't, I don't, have, a, I don't have a gimmick. I don't have a bit. I'm just a girl. Mm. And so... Funnily enough, I never, ever ended up having that conversation with God about not listening to Light FM again because all I wanted to do was listen to Light FM to learn about them, to learn about how I could be on, the, on, on you know, in a, in a breakfast announcer role, to hear all the auditions that they were playing. This is the Monday. All day Tuesday I listened. Wednesday I got into the car. It was quarter past eight in the morning. I remember it so vividly. And Kel, the brekkie announcer, said, it's quarter past eight, 45 minutes to nine o'clock, 45 minutes till we close our competition and our search for the next big breakfast announcer. If you haven't auditioned, now's your time. I had nothing prepared. I had nothing written. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that I had to and I knew that if I didn't, I was going to miss out. Mm. So I pulled over on the side of the road as I was driving to work in that moment and I rang the phone number and I left the I have no idea what I said. I left a message for my audition. It was like, hi, I'm Gosha. I'm 30 years old. I'm a school teacher. I'm whatever, whatever. Blah, 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 hung up the phone and kept driving and then went, oh, that was really rubbish. You can do better than that. So I pulled over a second time and I rang the same number and I left a second message, which was basically the same improvised spiel. But I think I just did a little bit of um, like a Spice Girls rap at the beginning because I thought that might get their attention, <laughs> um, which went along the lines of, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want to host a radio show. And then I went into my spiel <laughs> and then I hung up the phone and was like, you're crazy. What are you doing, girl? Like, you know, and I kept driving and I pulled into the street where I work it was 8.28 and um, and just before they went to the news and weather, Kel said, um, right, we're going to take some live auditions next. If you want to call, here's the phone number. And I just started chanting the number like over and over so that I wouldn't forget it because mm. it was a different phone number to the audition line. And I parked the car down the street from the school where I was working and I just called. And I knew I had to be heard. It was just this all-consuming, I need them to hear me. I don't want to be some voice recorded on a tape somewhere in another room that no one's Mm. potentially going to listen to. I need to speak to them live. The producer answered. She put me on hold. I sat through the longest traffic report, the longest news, the longest uh, sports. It was the Commonwealth Games at the time, so the sports report felt like it went for an eternity. My heart was thumping so hard in my chest I couldn't breathe. And, um, and, uh, and then they did a Bible verse. And the Bible verse was, I can do 
I can do uh, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Mm. And I remember in that moment I, li- I literally went fist pump in the air. Yes. <laughs> I'm claiming that because I can't do this on my own. I can only do this through him who gives me mm. strength. And as soon as I claimed the truth of that verse, my heart stopped thumping, my breathing subsided, and I came back to being centered and normal mm. and just trusting that whatever I do next in this audition is going to be okay because he's given me the strength to do it and because it's him working through me, not me doing it in my own out of my own abilities. Because mm. I was like, I don't I don't have anything to offer. I'm just I'm just a girl, you know. Mm. And so they asked me a couple of questions and I did my best to improvise my answers and they went to the next caller and did the same with them and then they came back and took my details and I hung up the phone and I my head was spinning and I literally was like, that was really nothing. Like that was so – I did nothing to stand out and I was so disappointed in what I had improvised on air. I felt like I just hadn't given anything to sound amazing. Mm. I'd done my best, but I celebrated, and I'll tell you what I celebrated. I celebrated the first audition that I'd ever done live because, remember, for 10 years I'd been bound by fear and bound by anxiety, and this was Mm. about six weeks after I'd had prayer ministry to get rid of that fear and that anxiety, Mm. and I auditioned for something, and I was like, God... I don't even care what happens. Mm. I just auditioned for something. Yeah, I actually awesome. put myself out yeah, there and God, the res- really and the result doesn't even matter. Like mm. this is evidence of your work in my life. Yeah. And so I praised God mm. and I went into work and my head was still spinning and I went about my day. Mm. And about quarter past 11, my phone rings from a private number and I'm in the classroom. I've got a room full of kids, but because it was a special school, I had two assistants in the room with me. Mm. And I looked at them and I said, I'm really sorry, this is an urgent call. I've really got to take it. I had no idea who it was. <laughs> it was a private number, but I knew or I wanted and I was wishing yeah, yeah. that it was something mm. from the audition some three hours earlier. Mm. So I stepped into the little office adjoining the classroom and lo and behold, it was the radio station and it was their HR person and their program director and they started asking me questions conducting a phone interview. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'd auditioned three hours earlier and here I am having a phone interview with them. And it was hilarious because the first question was, how long have you been listening to Light FM? Well, this is the Wednesday and I turned (laughs) over the station on Monday and had never listened to them previously. So I said, oh, I've just recently switched over. Clever. (laughs) Very vague. (laughs) But I didn't want to say, oh, two days. (laughs) Because I thought that would disqualify me. And then they say the next question, what's your favourite segment on the show? I'm like, I don't even know who anyone is. I don't know what segments are on anything. But I remembered the power of that Bible verse in my life. So I actually said, you know what, the Bible verses really actually make a difference. And I gave them the story. Mm. And they went on to say, well, you know, you're a qualified teacher. You're working as a teacher. Why would you want to leave? Why would you want to take leave for five months to do a maternity cover, why would you want to put that on hold? And I said, do you know what? I'm 30 years old. Back in 2014, I was. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I said, "My in, the entirety of my life from birth to this moment is encompassed in that 30 years. All mm. my schooling, all my adventures, all the different jobs that I told you at the beginning, all my travel, everything, and my teaching experience and my study He's all, all fits into the 30 years I've lived thus far. 
I'm further away from this moment in time to retirement, if I retire at 65, let's say, Mm. that's further away than everything I've done to this day. I don't see myself in this job as a teacher for the next 35 years and that being it for me. I desire something different and I desire something more. And this is just another adventure that I really want to explore. And it was all true. And so they asked me a few more questions, hung up the phone, and I thought, wow, that was cool. Like, they're actually considering me. I didn't know how many people had tried out. I didn't know how many people they were calling. But I thought, well, that's a good sign. Went about my day, kept teaching. Ten past three, the same day, school finishes at three o'clock, so it was good timing. Kids had left. The phone rings again, another private number. I answer the phone, and it's Cal, the brekkie announcer, with Gianna, the producer at the time. Congratulations, Gosha, you're in the top six. Wow. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we've got the top six contestants for, you know, for this role as a brekkie announcer. You're one of the top six. You're going to come in. You're going to co-host for three hours. My head was spinning. Nobody in my world even knew I'd auditioned for this, and here I am on the same day that I've auditioned. Some, you know, five hours later, I've found out I'm in the top six. I don't know how, I don't know why, but that was my reality. So my head was spinning, my heart was racing, and I found out later that actually they'd already picked their five finalists. That competition had been open for about three weeks, but God knew he couldn't tell me at the beginning of the three-week process. He needed to give me just enough time to be able to respond and not overthink it because I'm an overthinker and I can be my my own worst Mm, enemy. He gave me just enough time to hear about it, to pray about it, to respond and to have confirmation that I was in the top, well, what became the top six. Because they'd already chosen their top five. They had one person Monday through Friday. Mm. And in that last half hour, I came sailing in. I was the last one to audition. Mm, that's awesome. So they created, they, they changed create, it from yeah. the top five to the top six just to fit you in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they didn't want to get cool. rid of one of the other girls they'd already yeah. sort of decided mm. on. They were like, we don't know why, but we need to add her into the mix. Yeah. So Monday through Friday, each of the other girls came and co-hosted. I listened intently to the entirety of their shows. Then I had to wait the weekend and then on the following Monday, I got my turn. And it was a wild ride. Monday's girl was great. Tuesday. Tuesday's girl was even better. Wednesday's girl was okay, which gave me a bit more hope. Then Thursday's girl absolutely killed it. She was phenomenal and that was a horrible day for me because I was like, I'm actually not competing with five other girls. It's me versus Thursday's girl. I knew because she was so good. And then there was Friday's. Friday's girl was okay, which gave me a little bit more hope. Had the weekend to pray about it. Came in on Monday, did, did did the three hours of co-hosting. It opened up to public voting. There were like listeners to the station voting in who was their favourite. There was a whole Facebook campaign, our photos everywhere. It was like being on reality TV, like Mm. on The Voice, like vote for your (laughs) favourite, but in radio. And and the difference was I was just like a nobody, a middle class special needs teacher, you know, living in Elwood in a share house with my Mm. best friend, like just not my world. It was so bizarre. So then the following week they went to an the Friday, sorry, that that Friday they went to announce the winner. And the CEO of Light FM got in on got on air 
And he said, we have been in meeting after meeting after meeting and we've not been able to split two girls. Two girls have come out on top and we don't know what to do about it other than to invite them back in to co-host another show and have more voting. We were meant to announce one winner, but it was going to come down Mm. to a coin toss. And um, how unfair for the other girl to miss out to a tossed coin, to chance and to luck. I'm listening to this not knowing if I'm in the top two or not. I'm hearing it live on radio. Next thing, my phone rings and they tell me, oh, congratulations, you're in the top two. (laughs) And, of course, who was the other girl that I was against? Thursday's. Thursday's girl. I knew it. I knew it from that moment. That entire week that that voting and we were waiting for that answer, I was waiting for that Friday. This is going to be the best or the worst day of my life. I'm either going to get this job and be the winner out of these six Mm. girls or I'm going to be one of five who who missed out and that that was going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. That whole week I have never prayed and cried as much as that that time. And the hardest thing was praying to God and saying God, you know how much I want this. I, I want this with every fiber of my being. I just this would change my whole life and I want this so much. But God, if this It's still really emotional when I think about it, but it was so hard because I had to say, God, if I don't get this job, I'm going to trust that that's your will and that that's your plan. You know how much I want it. Mm. And I know that all the other girls want it probably just as much as I do. Like we are all hopeful for this. Mm. And if their desire is even, you know, an ounce of what I'm feeling, you know, my desire for this job, for this life-changing opportunity then I know how disappointed they'd be if they miss out. So I was praying for every one of them and I was praying to God as well. And I was like, God, if this is not your will for my life, I'm going to choose to trust and believe that you have something better for me. Mm. That was one of the hardest prayers I've ever prayed because every part of me just wanted to say, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, make it mine. But I knew that his plan was infinitely better than anything I could imagine Mm. and if this wasn't it then I had to trust that. And I was scared that I wasn't going to love God if I didn't get it, but I wanted to honour him and say, I I choose to believe that you've got something better. Wow, yeah. It was really hard. It it really um, stands out because it sounds like in that moment you surrendered completely to God. I had to. You you gave it to him, and out of that place of complete surrender, God gave you the desire of your heart in terms of getting the job. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it reminds me, in in some sense, it's like that um, moment in, you know, Gethsemane where where Jesus says, if it's possible, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. It's going to be hard and painful, but not my will, but yours be done. Totally. And in some sense, it sounds like you had a similar moment where you just gave it to God. And then, yeah, he kind of gave back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just as well. (laughs) No, but it was just, it was full on. So so I wasn't prepared for the Friday to find out that there was now a top two when there was never meant to be a top two. They literally couldn't split us girls. And I got off the phone after finding out that Thursday's girl and myself were in the top two. And I was really angry with God. I was, I know how indignant. I was so angry. I was like, what, what is this? Why am I walking through the desert? Why, why am I still on this journey? I was prepared for this to be either be a celebration or to be, you know, mm. doom and gloom. Like, yeah. what is this? I still don't know now. <laughs> what is this limbo that I'm in? You know, yeah. like, ah, and I and I started to pray again. I was like, God, do you, can you not hear my heart? Can you not hear my heart? And He is so good, Pete. He's so good. He literally in that. I was still sitting in my car out the front of school at that moment, 
And God said to me, I've heard you. I know the desires of your heart. You don't need to pray that prayer anymore. Your prayer needs to be different. You need to pray for the decision makers who are deciding on who's going to get this role because they are they are stuck. They don't know who to choose. Mm. And if it had been announced today, it wasn't going to be you. So you mm. need to trust this process and you need to pray for clarity for the leadership. Mm. And I just went, okay, that's how I'm going to pray. Like he told me yeah. how to pray and I went, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So the following Monday I came in and I co-hosted a three-hour show. The next day, Emma, Thursday's girl, let's give her a name, it's Emma. She's she's amazing. She's an amazing girl and a good friend of mine that I met through this whole process. She came in, she co-hosted. We had more voting and even after that we were neck and neck and Mm. the decision ultimately came down for every staff member at, at Light FM. There was for every vote for Emma, there was an equal vote for me. And it wow. came down to the program director, Clayton B. Allen. Right. And he said, I need to get out of here. I can't decide. It's neck and neck between the mm. two girls. He, lent, he, he left the office, went across the road to a park. I found this out all later. And he got down on his knees in the park and he was like, God, I, I don't know what to do. I've got these two amazing girls, mm. both equally talented, both equally you know, capable of filling this role that we have. Mm. What do you want? And he goes, I'm going to send this blank piece of paper up to heaven and I'm going to pray. And when I finish praying, God, whatever name you send back to me, that's who will get the job. Mm. So he visualized this paper going up to heaven. He prayed for about 45 minutes. And right at the end, he said, okay, who who is this job for? Who do you want in this job? And he visualized this this page coming down. He flipped it over and clear as anything, my name was written on it. Wow. And I got the job. Mm. I literally got that job. And it started with the Holy Spirit saying, don't listen to Triple J, change the station mm. right now and obedience and changing over. And <laughs> I mean, I would never have even known that job existed, that that opportunity, this, this, mm. this thing that has now set my whole life onto a different path, onto a different course where I am today as a radio announcer in my third breakfast role Mm. in the space of the last four years. That never would have happened if the Holy Spirit hadn't prompted me in the car that day and if I hadn't actually responded and Mm. listened and obeyed. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, um, That's an awesome testament to the way that God was working in your life. That brings us to an end of this episode. As search and like testimonies of truth on Facebook or Twitter... And if you want to stay connected as well, you can email testimoniesoftruth.content at gmail.com.